Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey Lifehouse, Richard from Hong Kong here, and I'm so excited to be able to share God's Word with you because Easter is coming, and so for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the lead up from Jesus going to the cross, and I believe it's going to be powerful, and it's going to be a life-changing time getting into God's Word together. So today's a big topic. We're going to be talking about the Last Supper. So I got communion kind of here ready to go and I want to encourage you to maybe get some food or some drink with you because at the end of this message we're going to take communion together just like Jesus did with the disciples. Now some of you may be wondering, hey would would Jesus want to eat with me? Would he like, would he share a meal with me? Am I, am I suitable to be accepted by Jesus? And we're going to dive into this topic here today, uh, partly because I am in Hong Kong. And in Hong Kong, we love to eat meals together. And guess what? I, best, I, I bet that your culture does too, because everyone loves sharing meals together, together with people that they love, family, friends, Uh, Eating together is just a special time of our day and even our calendar has special kind of eating moments, right? Different festivals, different events throughout the year and uh, in this story we're going to be looking at a special event in the in the Israelite Israelites life and it was the Jewish event called Passover. It was a time where family and friends would come together and they would celebrate that God had brought the Israelites out of Egypt. They would celebrate the release uh, from the, of the Israelite people from slavery and all that God had done for them. It was a special time of year. And I want you to kind of think about Christmas or, or uh, some other kind of big event on your calendar because Christmas, uh, I don't know where you grew up, but where I grew up, Christmas was all about family. It was about eating together, but it also represents the birth of Jesus. So there's some spiritual significance to this festival that we have every year. And the Passover was similar to that in that sense. It wasn't just family getting together. They were actually, there was some spiritual significance behind that meal. God had freed the Israelites. So that's the kind of context that we're coming up to. And I forgot to pray. So I'm just going to pray right now that God would speak to us through this story, through this message. So Jesus, we thank you that uh, through through what you did on the cross, we could have so many blessings, Lord. And as we dive into this communion story, I pray that new uh, revelation, new truth would come alive in our hearts and uh, that you would do something wonderful in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, let's go to the story. Mark 14, verse 12. It says, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, Hey, where do you want to go, us to go to prepare the Passover meal for you? 
Now, this makes a lot of sense, right? Hey, where are we going for the Passover meal? You can imagine it around Christmas time. Hey, where's the family dinner this year? Whose house are we going to have it at? Uh, what, what kind of food are we going to eat this year? Now, with the Passover, there was some special food that has some spiritual significance that they would have. But it wasn't just, you know, a small uh, few ceremonial foods. It was a feast, right? They would have loved this uh, beautiful meal together. There would have been kids running around. It was a family time. It was a time of honoring God and celebrating what he had done. And so it made sense that the disciples were asking, hey, Jesus, it's Passover coming up. Where are we going to celebrate? Luke 22 verse 14. And you might notice that we're jumping a little bit around some of the gospels here today because this story of the Last Supper was in all four of the gospels. So clearly this is a very important moment in Jesus's journey towards the cross. Verse 14, it says, When the time had come, Jesus and the the apostles sat down together at the table. I want you to imagine them sitting at the table. And you may have a picture of that famous Leonardo da Vinci painting, you know, where Jesus is in the middle and you've got all the disciples on either side of him. And it's just Jesus and the disciples. Well, hey, I think actually there'd be a lot more people there. And It actually says in some translations that they were reclining at the table. So what that means is there was this kind of relaxed kind of culture. And uh, and in Jewish custom in those days, they would. They would sit around on cushions. It wasn't exactly uh, the normal kind of chairs that we know. It would be a very relaxed atmosphere. And uh, for my family, some very lovely person gave me and my wife a brand new sofa when we moved into our house a couple of years ago. And that sofa has this special kind of long area at the end, you know the type of ones, where you can kind of put your feet up and you can lean back and it's a reclining part of the sofa. And I get on there with my kids, we watch movies together and have a bit of a cuddle, watch a movie. Our sun, the sun is kind of setting on the side and it's just a beautiful, relaxing moment. And I want you to picture that kind of reclining kind of atmosphere. That's what it felt like. It wasn't like some just um, strict religious ceremony. This was a family moment together. And then Jesus says this thing, and, and I think he would have changed the atmosphere with his comment because it goes from being this festival kind of atmosphere to Jesus saying, hey, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. And I'm sure that the disciples and, and the, 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 the families that were there, I'm sure that they were like, what? What is Jesus talking about? You know, this is a great meal together. Like, why is he, why is he bringing up suffering? And he, Jesus was clearly, it says he was very eager, right? He's excited to eat with the disciples because he knew what was about to happen. He knew he was about to be betrayed by someone he loved very much. He knew that, that the... Uh, that the the whips were waiting for him, that the crown of thorns were waiting for him, that the cross was waiting for him, and that he would die. He knew all of that was ahead, and yet he had to communicate this somehow to those who were there. And this was his last meal with the people that he loved before he was really going to go through hell for them. This is a very emotional moment. 
uh, moment for Jesus. I, I can't imagine the emotions of, I'm sure he was savoring every bite as he spent this time with the people that he loved so much. And he's thinking, how do I communicate what's really going to happen to me, my suffering? How do I, how do I really explain to these guys what's going to happen? And he's looking at the table and he's seeing the different kinds of food. And he sees some bread, some Jewish matzah bread. And I don't have that right here today. I've got kind of some different kind of bread. I think there's even some nuts in there. Praise God. That's awesome. Um, but Jesus would, would have grabbed some matzah bread. It was, it was unleavened bread. There was no yeast in it. It was flat. Um, and uh, and, and it, would, it would break. It was almost like a cracker. And he grabbed it to teach about his body. Let's have a look in Mark 14, verse 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread. He blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, Take this, for this is my body. My body broken for you. This is my body, this bread. Hey, this bread, when we take communion together, uh, the food that you have, and by the way, whether you've got bread or some other kind of food it doesn't really matter Jesus used what was in front of him at the time maybe in your situation right now you've got something different that's okay but Jesus used this bread to teach to say this is my body it's going to be broken for you why did Jesus's body need to be broken why did, what is the significance of the bread when we take communion together well, let me tell you, in Isaiah 53, verse 5, there's a very powerful prophecy about Jesus. It says, But He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Through the body of Jesus, through what He went through on the cross, the whipping, the beating, we are healed and made whole. Come on, give the Lord a hand. We are healed and made whole because of the blood, sorry, because of the body of Jesus that was broken for us on the cross because He took our place. Church, sickness is not from God. Church, injuries are not from God. Uh, poor mental health is not from God. And Jesus carried all of that on His body on the cross. Physically, He bore our sicknesses, our, our, our iniquities, our pain on the cross. Jesus doesn't want you to carry those things anymore. And every time we eat this bread together, every time we take communion and we remember His body that was broken for us, we're also taking part in His healing, in the victory of the cross. And let me tell you, church, Hey, I've experienced his, his healing personally in my own family. My mom was healed of a stomach disease, an autoimmune illness that had no cure. Dramatically, instantly healing when she healed when she was prayed for. My sister, I shared this story in previous services before. My sister was pregnant and the scans on the baby were, were really not good. There were some big problems there with the brain. And yet she gave birth to a beautiful, healthy, miraculous baby because of prayer because of believing in what Jesus did on the cross hey we can believe in supernatural healing because of the body of Jesus 
Hey, not because we're good enough, not because we deserve it or we've earned it, but because we believe in the power of the cross. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Every time you take communion, come on, don't forget the power of His body for your healing. And you know what that means? Is if you're believing for some healing right now, hey, you can take communion as often as you like. And every time, come on, just, just rest in that, uh, that confidence that Jesus' body carries my sickness or maybe grandma's sickness or someone else in your family. And you can pray and believe for healing in Jesus' name. Now, the next thing Jesus saw was he saw the wine and, and he, he picked it up. And it says in Mark 14, verse 23, he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and then they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. The wine, Jesus's blood poured out for the sacrifice of many his perfect blood if you think about it there was never any blood like Jesus and there never will be again no other human blood is pure right no other human blood is without sin perfection in his blood it was so precious that you know you judge something something is valuable based off uh, you know, the scarcity of it. There will never be more of Jesus' blood. There will never be again. It's the most precious thing that's ever, that, that's ever lived, you know, that's ever been in, in human history. It's the blood of Jesus and He shed it. He poured it out so that it could wash us clean. Over our imperfections, it washes us clean. We are forgiven and we are cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Come on. It is not by our good works. It is not by our lack of doing the wrong thing. It is by the blood of Jesus. And every time we take communion and we drink from that cup, I don't know what kind of drink you've got. It doesn't matter. But remember the blood of Jesus which was shed for your sins. Church, I don't know your past. I don't know what you've done. You may not feel worthy to take communion. You may, may not feel worthy of Jesus' forgiveness, but let me tell you, He offers it to you. He already has. He did that at Calvary. He did that at the cross. And I remember one time where this revelation really got deep in my heart. And I was living in Tokyo at the time. I was a young man, maybe 22, 23, and I was on my way home from work. I mean, I, I, I really remember I was crossing over a bridge in, uh, in Tokyo, heading to my house. It was very cold on a winter's night. And I was in my heart. I was beating myself up about something I had done wrong. And to be honest right now, I can't even remember what it was, but it was something that I felt really guilty about. Maybe something that I had struggled with and tried to do the right thing, but fell into sin again. And I just was beating myself up about it. And I was kind of walking home and saying, oh God, I'm so sorry. And oh, just, I'll never do it again. And you know, that whole kind of guilt thing where you're just going over and over something and 
Maybe I thought that was repentance. Maybe I thought that's what real repentance looked like, to just be real heavy and beat yourself up, which is not true biblical repentance, by the way. That is called change. Change your thinking, turn from your sin. But I was beating myself up in that moment. And I, I remember in my own heart a very strong kind of feeling. I don't know if I heard it in my head or what, but I just knew Jesus was telling me, I already forgave you, Richard. Why are you going on and on about this? You're already forgiven. You're already made clean in my eyes. By my blood, you are washed clean. Not because of your sorrow, not because of your heaviness, not because of the weight that you're carrying around and beating yourself up, not because of your guilt. That doesn't make you get my forgiveness. It's my blood. You're already forgiven. And I just realized like something clicked in my thinking. I'm forgiven. Hey, I, I, I don't have to go through this process again. I'm just forgiven. And I tell you from that day forwards, any time, any little moment where I've captured myself, you know, in that guilt again, I have come quickly, come back to that place of, wait a minute, Jesus's blood. Wait a minute. I'm already forgiven. That work was finished at the cross. And so we can celebrate, church, that's one of my points here. Celebrate the finished work of the cross. That's what communion is, right? That is what the Last Supper was about, is that, hey, this was a terrible thing for Jesus. But for us as Christians today, His grace is offered to all of us. His healing is offered to all of us. His forgiveness is offered to all of us. And it is a finished work. It's not something that we get by taking communion right now. No, we're taking communion from a place of it already being established in our life. Hey, I'm believing. Oh, come on, my healing's coming. Come on, I believe I'm forgiven. We are celebrating that. And that's why this is a joyful moment. It's a joyful moment. You know, we, 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 we celebrate things that have good outcomes, right? We don't celebrate things where we don't know the outcome. Think about it for you students out there. You don't go into an exam celebrating before you know that you've got a good result, right? We, we celebrate the good result. We celebrate the finished work. And in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 25, it quotes Jesus. It says, he's saying, do this, take communion in remembrance of me. As often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again remembrance of me as often as you drink it as often as we do communion and I would encourage you let's do it often hey if you want to be uh, if you're believing for healing healing take communion more often it, you can do this at any time that you like it doesn't have to be in a church service but it's a remembrance of Jesus it's a gratefulness to him and uh, hey, even on that bridge as I walked back, hey, yeah, I was remembering that Jesus had already finished His work on the cross. And that's why this is not a heavy moment where we take communion. This is a joyful moment. And church, sometimes, sadly, some Christians have been taught to take this with real sadness and to take this with a real focus on their own sin. And God, I'm so bad. I did all these things right. And church, I want to move your focus away from your sin 
and move your focus onto the sacrifice of Jesus, the blood who forgives you, the body which heals you. Let's get our focus on Jesus. Come on. There is so much to celebrate. That's why we call it the good news. It's not the bad news. The gospel of Jesus, His grace for all of us. Jesus offers this to us. And what were His final words when Jesus was on the cross? Right before He gave up His Spirit on the cross. John 19 verse 30, it says, When Jesus had tasted it, He said, It is finished. And He bowed His head and He gave up His Spirit. The last words Jesus said before He died was, It is finished. It's finished, guys. Your forgiveness, it's already done. Your healing, it's already done. We're believing in the finished work of the cross. Jesus wants to touch your life right now and just remind you, church, hey, your past, leave it in the past. It's finished. I paid for that. Your debt has been paid for. Your sickness has been paid for through the cross. Come on, church. If some of you are wrestling with some shame right now, some guilt, maybe you've just been going through that cycle like I was. Maybe you've uh, you've had some chronic kind of health uh, issue. Maybe there's some people in your family who are sick or uh, maybe you're struggling with some mental illness. All of it. Let's believe as we take communion. Ah, it's finished, paid for, paid for by the blood and the body of Jesus. So we're going to celebrate, we're going to smile because God has been good to us. So as I come to the end and soon we're going to take communion, maybe some of you are asked, still have that question in my heart, like would Jesus share communion with me? Would, you know, maybe you're wondering, if you understand enough, would God accept you? Maybe you're wondering if I'm good enough, would God accept me? Well, let's have a look at who, let's remind ourselves of who was at that last supper. Who was at the table sharing communion with Jesus? Those disciples, those families who were there, let me tell you, when Jesus explained all this, as good as He was at storytelling and at bringing out this picture with the food and the drink, I I, I promise you, these guys did not understand the full gravity of what Jesus was saying. It was only a fraction that they understood of this whole communion experience. And let me tell you that understanding doesn't block you from coming to Jesus. You don't have to understand something to get the full benefit of something. And I'm sure many of you take medication. You don't know what's in there, but you just understand it's going to make me feel better. I just got back from a, a trip. I was uh, flying from Korea back to Hong Kong, landing in the, to the airport. I have no idea how that plane stays in the air, right? All the physics of it is completely over my head. I don't understand how the pilot is flying that thing. All I need to understand is I have to get on it. <laughs> and it takes me there. It gets me from A to B. That's all I need to understand to get the benefit from that airplane. And even if you don't understand every little theological thing about this, you can still live in the blessing of communion. And I'd encourage you to join with us today, even if, you do, if you're new to this, even if you're maybe not yet a Christian, but you want to know more about God and you, you respect who He is. And hey, come and take communion with us today. And there's maybe one other group of people who maybe you think, I don't really feel good enough 
to join in this communion with you all and with Jesus. And, you know, I've looked at my own heart and I, there's still so many things I need to work on. And I understand how you feel, but I want to go to Scripture to, 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 to maybe bring some truth to this, some scriptural truth. Luke 22 verse 21. Let's have a look at who else was at this table. This is Jesus speaking. He says, sitting among us as a friend is the man who will betray me, Judas. I would argue that Judas is the supervillain of the Bible. The, the, the close friend who Jesus loved so much and yet he betrayed Jesus to his own torture and death. This, is a, this was a guy who had really turned evil and yet he sat at the table. Jesus welcomed him into the table. And some other verses actually say that they shared from the same bowl. Jesus shared communion with Judas, the Bible supervillain. Hey guys, I don't know what you've done. I don't know what's in your past. I don't know what things you're struggling with, but you are not Judas. And Jesus even shared his meal with Judas. And I believe he was giving Judas a way out. He was saying, come on, mate, don't do what you're gonna do. Turn from this, repent. We know that Judas made his own decisions in the end, just as we have our own choices to make before God. But I'll tell you this, my friend, Jesus would love to share and offer communion with you. He would love for you to come in and share and partake of His blood, partake of His body for your forgiveness, for your healing. It's available to all, all cultures, all kind of religious backgrounds. Whoever wants to come to Jesus, you are welcome at the communion table. Let's give the Lord a hand. Revelation 3 verse 20, as I finish up, I love this scripture and uh, we can see the real heart of God here. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. God is knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Church, that's the heart of Jesus. He would love to share a communion meal with you, to share in the blessings, in the victory of the cross. He would love to extend His healing power, the, his, his cleansing power over you and over me today together. And so right now, church, we are going to take communion with joy in our hearts as we celebrate the finished work of the cross. So why don't you grab some food there that you've got with you and I'm going to grab some bread. I'm just going to break it too. That's what he did. You don't have to do that, but just remembering him. And uh, it doesn't matter what kind of food you've got, but let's, let's grab that, that, that food and let's say a short prayer together. Why don't you just receive this in your heart? Jesus, we thank you for your healing that was paid for by your body. You sacrificed it for us so that we could be free from sickness, from pain, God, from chronic illness, from mental uh, problems and challenges, Lord. We believe in full healing by the finished work of the cross for us and our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat, church. And uh, next, you can grab your, your drink, whatever you've got there. And we're going to thank Jesus for His blood, 
for our cleansing, for our forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that you offer your forgiveness to all of us, that we are forgiven yesterday, today, and tomorrow because of your finished work at the cross, Lord. And we don't have to go through those shame and guilt cycles. Jesus, we step out of that into your joy because we're forgiven. We're clean in your eyes because of what you did, not because of what we did. We thank you, Jesus. We rejoice in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink. I think we need to give the Lord a hand. God is so good. And you can take this as often as you like with your family, with your friends. Come on, communion, remembering Jesus is powerful. And church, I want to give you one other opportunity right now. And really, this is for those of you who are saying, this sounds great. I want to know Jesus. I, I want to receive Him as my personal Lord and Savior. He died on the cross. He rose again for me, for my healing, for my forgiveness. If you want to embrace that, why don't you say this prayer with me right now? We're going to put a prayer up on the screen. Let's read it and pray to Jesus from the bottom of our hearts. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Church, that's awesome. Believing that something supernatural just changed in your heart, that God is with you right now as you walk your journey with Him. Church, it's going to be an amazing few weeks leading up to Easter. Looking forward to seeing you at the next week. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.